Let me read a verse for you. Actually, a couple of verses. Uh, Genesis one twenty seven says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. It's like, he says the same thing twice there, right? I mean, like, I got it the first time. But it's kind of like, you know, English and then Yoda. Um, just back to back. I have learned this, though. That when the Bible has two things said, the, the same message twice back to back, usually it's for emphasis. Like, hey, this is really important you get this. I'm going to say it again. He made us in his own image. Then I didn't give this one to the guys on the screen, but I say guys, could be ladies. I don't know. I haven't met them yet. Uh, Psalm 139, uh, this is in the Message Bible, starting with verse 13. It says, oh, yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, God. I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always for you. And then one more verse that, it, it just to me it ties everything I'm about to say in with what you guys have been talking about with a time to kill. For everything there's a season. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything beautiful for its own time. God made us in his image. He says we're beautiful. He's beautiful. It all goes together. And then God has made everything beautiful for its own time. Let's pray. God, I pray you'd help me to communicate what you've given me to share. I pray you'd help uh, everybody in here be able to get what you're trying to say to them today. Um, just help us to, to understand your word. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a time to recognize beauty. Um, I think for me, personally, this is my bent. I'm going to guess there's at least one or two of you like this in here. It's a lot easier to recognize stupid. So my family during COVID, we have gone through every movie that is safe to watch that Hollywood ever produced and Bollywood and every other wood that's out there. We've watched all the movies. So the last few months, we have taken our time and gone through all the YouTube fail videos. Anybody ever watch those? I'm telling you, you want an entertaining night and feel good about yourself that you're not stupid? Watch this. Because there's some really stupid people out there. I'm sorry if, if, you, know, if you make fail videos. I don't know if anybody makes a career doing that. But it's like, you know, the guy's on top of the roof of the house with his skateboard, never has a shirt on, and he's going to, he's like calling his shot. Okay, I'm going to go down here off the, off the, the uh, lip of the eave and off the side of the tree and then off the trampoline into the pool. Got it. There's my shot. I'm calling it. It's like playing horse. And then you know it's going to, you know what's coming. Or you see, like, this is, you guys could probably relate to this. You see somebody, there's all this snow on top of the roof of the garage and it's all slanted down towards him, and he's like hacking away at it with a broomstick, like he's going to knock something down. And you know what's coming. The whole roof is coming down, of snow is coming down on him. Like, you sit there and watch, and you just, you know this is coming. You see the rope hanging off of a tree over a little creek. Really? And there's like a, somebody like me about to hang on to this rope that's more like a piece of thread. You know what's coming. You know, either I'm not going to be able to hold on, or that thread's not going to hold me, but I'm not making it in the water clean. Anyway, so that's, what we, that's my family entertainment. But we've, 
it's easy to find stupid. I do it driving around. Everybody on the road except me is stupid, right? It's easy to recognize stupid. I find it very easy. Uh, but sometimes it's hard to see beauty. Sometimes it's very hard to stop and see beauty uh, in others or in ourselves. So do this for me. Let's say this. Repeat after me. I am beautiful. When's the last time you told yourself that? Other than getting this thought as God's been bringing me through this process, it had been a long time, if ever, that I had thought, yeah, I'm beautiful. You know, that's it, just not, you know, even when I was thinner and younger and 22 and getting married, I had just a mustache and I was like weird faced and all, you know, it was weird. So if you're just a mustache guy, good on you. You're beautiful. Um, but I just, I've never felt like, yeah, I can look in a mirror and say I'm beautiful. That's not a confession. Everybody feels sorry for me. It's just the way it is. Most of us are probably that way. Anybody this morning, you got up and you got dressed, first outfit you put on, you're like, that's it. You got it. You're beautiful. Most of us don't do that. Most of us look in the mirror. I did this the other day. I, we were doing a video shoot for Children's Cup, and I'm you know, trying these outfits on, which is only from the waist up. This is the video shoot. I'm sitting down for the video. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm sitting down. The belly's going to bulge out, so i got to make sure I have something black on here. And so I'm trying stuff. This is stuff that we overweight people go through. Um, and I, I try an outfit on it, like the third one. And I looked in the mirror. I'm like, oh, uh-uh. This is, like, there's, this is the worst one yet. Like, no way. So I, I went on and figured it out. And later that day, I'm sitting on the side of the bed changing my shoes. And I hear my wife. I don't know what she's doing, but... Turns out she's standing in the mirror changing clothes, and she says, oh, uh-uh, like out loud. Like not talking to me, she's just saying it to herself. And I thought, you know, we, we're really good at not seeing beauty. Of course, I stepped in and said, oh, baby, you look so beautiful. And uh, that's what a husband's job is. So we don't, we don't often identify ourselves as beautiful. But yet, when we think about those verses that we just read, God says we are beautiful. We don't always feel beautiful. We don't always win. We're not always successful. We don't always have it all together. And we don't always behave beautifully. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we act ugly. Sometimes I honk at somebody who's doing 40 and a 35 because they're not going fast enough for me. <laughs> like, it's California. We do 10 over. You know, everywhere else I think you do 5 over. We do 10 over. Get, get with the game, people. You know, I'm, 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 my kids are like, why are you so mad on the road? Because they're stupid. Okay, and uh, I don't always behave beautiful, but God still says you're beautiful. He looks at you. If there's anything you get out of today, hear God's voice in your ear saying you're beautiful. And I'm not just talking about the aesthetics. Beauty is not just aesthetics. It's not just performance. It's not just a lack of looking stupid. It's not just winning or having money or being smart or having it all together. Beauty isn't a challenge-free life. Beauty is what God sees his reflection in you. So here's the thing. If you've not invited Jesus into your heart, then we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But when Jesus is in your heart, when the minute you accepted Jesus into your life, you crossed another line. Yes, we're all, all humans are made in God's image, but you crossed another line of beauty when God said, I'm putting Jesus in you. Then there's another, when God sees you, he sees the blood of Jesus. He sees Jesus in you. So, man, how are you going to sit? How, how do we ever sit there and say, I'm ugly? I don't ever do that. I don't think better of myself than that. But how do we ever feel inadequate or feel like I'm, I'm not beautiful? 
when God says, I put Jesus in you, how it's, what's wrong? You know, what, what, what are you missing? So let's say it again one more time. I am beautiful. Our beauty is intricately and innately a derivative of his beauty. His beauty is the definition of beauty. God's image is the definition of beauty. It sets the standard. It is the mark. Our reflection of him is our beauty, and to the degree that we reflect him, we're beautiful. It's pretty simple, right? I mean, I'm not a real complicated guy. That's pretty simple. He sees beauty in us. Because of all that, God sees beauty in us when we don't, when we can't, or when we won't. Okay, why, why would we, we don't see beauty in ourselves? Well, I think what happens is he puts Jesus in our heart. We, we invite Jesus in. He puts Jesus in us, gives us the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And then we leave it unattended. We don't tend to it. We don't pay attention to it. And it starts gathering dust. It starts getting covered up. It starts getting pushed to the corner. That beauty that he put in us, we just kind of let it, let it sit. So we just don't see it anymore. Kind of out of sight. So we don't see the beauty that God sees in us. Or sometimes we can't see it. Like it's been buried so much through neglect or maybe just through outright sin our own failures, legitimate, ugly things we've done, we allow that to bury to the point where we can't see the beauty anymore. Like I look around my life, and it, I'm past this now, but there's been times when I look around my life, I don't see beauty. I don't feel it because I, I had let it go so far to be covered up by sin. And then won't. Sometimes we, there are people who just flat out refuse to admit that God sees beauty in them. You say, well, you know what? It's all easy to say, but you don't know me. Sorry, this is in the South B. You don't know me. You like that? You don't know what I did last night. You don't know what thoughts I had last week. You don't know what I said to my spouse. You don't know what I did to, with my kids. You don't know what I'm thinking about. You don't know me. You wouldn't be saying I'm beautiful. You wouldn't be telling me, say, I'm beautiful if you knew. Well, here's the thing no, I don't know. But God does. And He still says, you're beautiful. Like, that's for real. He knows everything. He knows more about you than you do. And he says, you're beautiful. So I think we, can, we need to, I mean, the words of the song today, when all I see is ashes, you see beauty. I thought, man, well, this is perfect. Sometimes we only see the ashes. We only see the failure. This is what God's about. This is what I think is so cool about God. He loves to excavate the beauty that's in us. Sometimes it's buried. It's like Pompeii happened, and we are, it's like buried, buried, buried. Not just dusty, but buried. God still knows where it is. That's why he can say, I still see you as beautiful, because I know it's in there. Now let's work on getting it out. So you say, all right, so here's a couple ways I think God does it. One is he'll convict us. He'll put it in your heart. Some of you, he's speaking to your heart already right now. He convicts you of, the, of sin or of things that have, you've allowed to uh, to bury that beauty. Sometimes, and a lot of times, he'll send gra graciously send people our way to tell us, or to remind us, to point out something. Somebody says, hey, thanks for doing that. You know, remember a couple years ago you helped my kid with something? Thanks for doing that. That's just God doing a gracious, gentle reminder, hey, there's beauty in you. I can use you. I've done something with you. And then he'll, he will fight tooth and nail for us to accept that he sees beauty in us. You say, okay, great, great, I'm beautiful, whatever. <laughs> Anybody feeling that? I mean, don't raise your hand if you feel that, because then I'd feel bad for you. But you, you think, oh, this is all mushy. It's so mushy. It's like, great, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. God sees me as beautiful. 
did you really fly all the way here to tell us that? Yeah, I did. Um, I got one other thing I want to tell you, but yes, that would be worth it. If I could make somebody in here realize that God actually sees their life, understands everything about it, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and he says, you're beautiful. That's real. That would be enough for somebody to realize that and accept that he sees beauty in them. He wants to do something with it. And that's the other part is he wants to do something with it. There's a time. There's two seasons in this. There's a time to let God show you the beautiful he sees in you. And there's a time to let God take you and use you to show the beautiful to others that you see in them, that they don't see in them. We are, we're on God's team with this. Once we recognize that God's, God says you're beautiful, I know i got problems, but God sees me as beautiful, we're working on it. So I'm going to step forward in that. Once you realize that, you accept that, then you can start pointing out beauty in other people. You can identify, you can see it. You can't see it. If you're blind to your own, there's no way you're seeing it in others. But if you can accept that God made everything beautiful for its own time, you can say you're beautiful to people. Let's do that. Say you are beautiful. Turn to somebody next to you say you're beautiful. Now if you're single and you're smart, you just chose well who you said you're beautiful to. <laughs> um, I think this, is, this is something that uh, I think we, we, just, we just miss it sometimes. There's so many opportunities to tell somebody you're beautiful. Now, you can go creepy with it and like hang out at Walmart and see all the people of the opposite gender and say, oh, you're beautiful, you know. Not that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about identifying beauty in somebody else and just calling it out. For example, like Heather was up in the front of that section of uh, last service. And when I said what I did about thank you for what you did helping us feel warmly welcomed here in Lawrence, I was calling out beauty in her. It, because she did something beautiful. I called it out. I made sure everybody knew. I pointed it out in her. That was not for as an example. I'm just thinking of something that, that we can do. Somebody does something nice, you can call out beauty. For me with driving, if somebody uses their turn signal properly, I can wave at them and say, thank you. I, it, to an extent, I'm calling out beauty in them. That was beautiful. You used your turn signal right. Somebody lets you in front of them in line at the grocery store. Don't just be like, hey, thanks. Like, you know, stop and call it out. Call out beautiful. Those are really simple. And you think, oh, they're so, so mundane. They're so small. You know what? If you spend your life doing that, you're going to be a lot happier. You're going to feel a lot more beautiful. And people around you will feel more beautiful too. So it's really easy to find uh, stupid. Okay, we talked about that. YouTube videos, it's easy to find. Where do you find beautiful in other people? Everything's got beauty in it, but not everybody sees it. So where do you find it? Where, where, where's the easy places? Where's the, the low-hanging fruit to find it? In a smile. That little kid's picture. You can put that back up. Uh, little kid's picture. That's easy. I mean, nobody in here is saying that's the ugliest thing I ever saw in my life. No, that's beautiful. That kid's reaction is beautiful. And I would tell the, the worker who's handing the, food, the kid that, that food, they're beautiful. What they're doing is beautiful. In a smile. In abandonment to joy. Same kind of thing there. A sunrise. A sunset. I live in, in, on the bay in San Francisco, and there are some beautiful sunrises on the water, some beautiful sunsets over the mountain on the, to our west. It's amazing. It's, it looks, looks, it's great, beautiful. I, I, I soak it in because I know that's probably not something I'm going to get to do the rest of my life, to enjoy those sunrises and sunsets. Blue sky in February. That's beautiful here, right? 
well, maybe not just blue sky, but blue sky and a warmer forecast, maybe. That'd be a beautiful thing, right? Um, it's pretty, pretty warm today, at least, comparatively. I don't really like the sky today, but there's still beauty up above it. Uh, selfless kindness. You, know, you ever see those heartwarming ads where people are doing the kind gesture and somebody pays it forward and all that? Real heartwarming. You're like, oh, that's so good. That's beautiful. It's easy to find beautiful. Don't reject it because it's cheesy. Look at it and say, ah, oh, that's beautiful. That's great. I could do that. Uh, complete restoration. You've seen a marriage that's gone through struggle and you see it restored completely. There's incredible beauty in that. Undeserved forgiveness. Beautiful. Outright freedom is beautiful. Pain being healed is beautiful. Awakening to truth is beautiful. Clarity of purpose. When you finally know what you're supposed to do. Heartfelt worship is beautiful. What we experienced today with the worship team. Beautiful. Those are all things that part of the Christian life. We just get to experience all the time. The question is not whether it's there. The question is do we take time to see it and acknowledge it and savor it? You've heard the saying, beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I'm sure that's probably the only time any of us would ever use the word beholder, right? I don't think I've ever used the word in outside of that phrase, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder, which typically we, we say that meaning, well... He's really ugly, but she thinks he's cute, so okay, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? That's kind of what we always, I don't see the beauty, but they do, so it's okay. I think there's more to it than that. I think his beauty's in the eye of the beholder means you have to call it out. You have to behold the beauty for it to really be beautiful. Somebody's just, something that's beautiful is just sitting there being unrecognized or unacknowledged eventually won't be beautiful anymore. And what value is it if it's never acknowledged? But if we can call it out and say, man, I see Jesus in your life. That's beautiful. We're calling it out. And we actually, in a sense, we help create the beauty by calling it out. You actually help create beauty when you behold it. During his three years of ministry, Jesus did a lot of excavating beauty. So much of what he did was designed just to unearth the beauty that he saw in somebody Think about a few examples. Mary Magdalene. She's the, the one who had been demon-possessed and just all kinds of issues she had. She comes to Jesus at a dinner, and she comes in the house and takes this valuable jar of perfume, breaks it up and pours it over his feet, wipes his, wipes his feet with her tears and all this. Great, beautiful scene. We see that now because Jesus said it's beautiful. But the people in the room at the time, they're like, she wasted all that money she could have done so much more. Others in the room are like, don't you know what kind of woman this is? She's doing this? Oh my goodness, they're all horrified. And Jesus is like, no, no, time out. That's beautiful. He called it out. He said, that's beautiful right there what she did. They, they didn't see it, but he called it out. And now we all tell the story of what a beautiful thing it was she did. Matthew, the disciple, when Jesus called him. Matthew's a tax collector. Tax collectors, prostitutes, and all kinds of other lists, they're always there together. In that culture, it was bad. If you work for tax collecting, great, good on you. But that's not the way it was back then. Matthew's calling is a moment when Jesus was saying, I see beautiful in you, Matthew. You're going to do great things. I see it. Come follow me. I'll make you fisher of men. Um, woman caught in adultery. Jesus did something in that woman's life that day that called out beauty. He said, where are your accusers? She said, they're gone. He said, then go and sin no more. Like, go on and be beautiful. Don't do this anymore, but go and be beautiful. Rich young ruler comes up to Jesus. This guy with a bunch of money, been living right, 
comes up to Jesus and says, hey, what do I need to do? And Jesus says, do this, this, this. And he says, all right, I've been doing that. What else do I need to do? And Jesus, knowing him, knowing what, had, what earth had covered his beauty, what was hiding it, was his wealth. Not that wealth is something that is inherently bad, but in this guy's case, his wealth was hiding his beauty. So Jesus said, all right, go take all you got, sell it, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. Now, the, that was Jesus calling it out, saying, hey, I see beauty in you, but it's hidden by all this other stuff. Let's take care of that first. Little kids, remember the part in the Bible when Jesus is hanging out and these little kids try to come up to Jesus and the disciples start going bouncer on them and they're like, get away, little kids, get away. The Bible doesn't actually say that, but they're, they're telling the, pulling the kids away from Jesus and Jesus is like, no, 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 time out. Bring them on. I like kids. Let the kids come to me. He's saying, for those kids, imagine being one of those little kids. You're just excited, hey, this person you've heard about is coming through. You're like, I'm going to go, go see, get a look, hang out. Was, you know. And then the disciples are going bouncer, and you're, now you're rejected. But then Jesus reaches through and says, hey, come here, come here. What does that feel like for that little kid? All of a sudden, he feels important. He feels appreciated. He feels beautiful. Jesus called that out. Another little kid in the Bible that I think about a lot Jesus fed the 5,000. There's a kid with a lunch. I imagine him to be a big kid because he had five loaves of bread. I'm like, that's a lunch, pal. That's my kind of lunch. But I imagine him to be a little round kid, and I'm like, this is great. And he, but what Jesus did with that, he, there was 5,000 plus people that needed to be fed. He could have been like, boom, they're, they're, they're all fed. Could have just made them all not hungry. Why did he go through the process of let's break the loaves and fish. Why did he go through a kid's lunch? Why didn't he just have five loaves and fish appear? I think there's a part of this thing where Jesus said, you know what, I'm going to make this little kid see that he's beautiful. That little kid's going to grow up with a story. Anytime somebody tells that story of the time Jesus fed the multitude, that little kid's going to be like, yeah, that was my lunch. That was me. Yeah, I gave my lunch for that. That was cool. He knew that God used him. Knowing that God used you is one of the most beautiful things you can feel. And that little kid had that. Jesus gave it to him. You are never more beautiful than when you're excavating the beauty you see in somebody else. And as the Children's Cup family, where this whole message started developing in my heart was in the beginning of this year, we uh, feel like God gave us the word for our team, beautiful. And just to start recognizing beauty. And when we say at Children's Cup, our little slogan is giving hope, inspiring dreams, changing worlds. When we give these kids hope, some of these kids... Some of you met them. Some of those kids, their profile cards are out on that table. Their stories are more horrific than you, than you want to think about. Not all of them. Some of them have, they're just, they're just poor. There are others, though, that have been abused. They have, uh, they're unwanted. There are, there are some kids we deal with that they were thrown away, literally thrown away in the trash. And that's not all of them. I'm not trying to paint over-dramatize the picture, but that is actually the reality for some of these kids. And so they're immediately, their lives are started off with, I'm worthless, I am nothing, I have no beauty. But we as Children's Cup with churches like you guys, helping people, sponsoring kids, all that, all that fits together where we get to go into these communities and say, here's hope. Here's a meal. Here's hope. You matter. Jesus loves you. You're beautiful. We give them hope. That hope inspires these kids to start dreaming. I've had kids... 
asked, I went up and asked a kid one time, uh, about 10 years old, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? I love asking that question. Now, this girl was brand new to a care point, just come for food. She just looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm just, she didn't say this. Look on her face was just blank. Like, I've never thought about the future. I'm just trying to survive. Another little kid had been coming to a care point for a couple, couple years, had been getting in the rhythm of learning about Jesus and food's going to be here and all this stuff. Asked him, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up? He said, well, if I grow up, I want to be a teacher. I was like, great. You want to be a teacher? Awesome. Whoa, hold up. Time out. Did you just say, if I grow up? And I thought, man, my kids have never thought, if I grow up. They're always thinking, what do they want to be when they grow up? This kid had gotten a little bit of hope. Hey, I might grow up, you know. But what we do, we give them hope. We inspire them to dream. This kid's getting, that, that second kid is being inspired to dream. And those dreams will fuel them to change their world from the inside out. That's what beautiful is. When you call out beauty in somebody, that's what you do. And that's the same thing. It's what we do with Children's Cup in the Dominican Republic and everywhere else. It's what you guys can do as people living in Lawrence or wherever you live. You can be that for the people around you. Now, maybe they're not living in the same situation as the kids in the DR. But they're living in a situation. There's people who don't feel God's love. And you can give it to them. You can show it to them. You can give them hope. You can inspire them to dream about being something that their world says they can't be. And they will change their world from the inside out. Okay, before we wrap this up, you thought probably thinking there's a lot of mush. Sounds like a Lego movie. Everything's awesome. Everything is awesome. It's great, wonderful. It's all soft. I'm telling you, relentless, tenacious determination to excavate beauty in somebody else that they don't see can get really dirty and messy and challenging. It's hard sometimes to love somebody that you're having to look really deep to find beautiful. They're challenging. Sometimes people who don't see the beauty in themselves are very challenging to be around. But that, if you commit to that, y'all know who I'm talking about. You got somebody in your family. Some cousin is like the hardest person to, to love. But man, I'm telling you, the reward for committing to say, I'm going to call out beauty in that person. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find the beauty and I'm going to help them unearth it by loving them, by praying for them, by speaking life over them. When you do that, here's the thing. It's gritty work. It's challenge. And, um, but there is, God's made everything beautiful for, it, for its own time. It's interesting how this word is, for its own time. He made you beautiful for a season that he wants to do in somebody else's life. He has made you beautiful for a reason. It's hard work. It's dirty work. It's challenging. But if you only spend time doing the easy thing, which is watching fail videos and talking about how stupid people are, that's easy. But guess what you get to take home? Stupid. If you, if you commit to the other side, you say, you know what, I'm going to call out beauty. I'm going to recognize beauty. I'm going to train my eye, train my spirit to see beauty in people and to be aggressive to call it out. Guess what you get to take home? Beauty. You have impacted somebody's eternity. You've impacted a kid, that little kid that got that meal. You guys had a part in that. You helped make that kid find hope and be inspired to dream. You get to make others beautiful. And then you can, you can stand in front of a mirror and say, oh, yeah, that's beautiful right there. It's not just the jacket. It's, it's, it was just amazing, by the way. Thank you. Um, you can do that. When you leave, I've got three things I'm praying for you guys today, and then I'm going to have everybody bow their heads and ask a question. But my prayers for you guys, first, that you'll begin to believe it when God says you're beautiful. Like, for real, believe it. 
Second is that you'll begin to be overwhelmed with the beauty you see around you in others. Like actually overwhelmed, not just, oh, I can see it. But to be overwhelmed with it. Look around at your spouse and your kids, your parents, your siblings, and actually see the beauty, that that would overwhelm you. And the third, that you'll find your greatest joy in excavating beauty you see in others that they may not yet see. Let's bow our heads.